Welcome to the January Donovan Show. I'm the founder of The Woman's School, where our bold vision is to rebuild culture one woman's worth at a time. And we're doing that by providing an education and training platform for women. Because the best way to fight the devaluing of women today is to have a strength of mind, to be skilled, and to be strategic about how we can influence culture. And the best way we can do that is to train ourselves. We have a duty to personally develop who we need to become for the world so that we can set the world on fire. And in the woman's school, our vision is to form women so she can transform culture. Join me as I talk about how we can be a force for society. And it begins with us developing ourselves. Are women today free? Free meaning that they are fully alive. They love the woman they're becoming because in the Western world, we have arrived at a level of freedom where we can vote, we can work, we can own properties. And I think that we have seen really the gift of the feminist movement and that their rebelliousness yield and gave us you know, the opportunity to become who God created us to be in the marketplace. Because I think prior to that, maybe women were called to be doctors or nurses or perhaps being even an influence of society, but they were hindered because the laws itself hindered women to become fully who perhaps God created them to be. Now, it's important to also note that, you know, so many women today also discredit the feminist rebellion, which we have to just give credit where credit is due. And the reality is that the feminist, if it was if it was not for the feminist movement, then we would not attain the freedom that we currently have, I think, in the Western world. And I do think that what they did was give us our God-given freedom, the freedom to actually actualize ourselves and maximize our potential. And I always think of the parable of the talents, you know, one, five, and ten. And I thought, well, what if women were given five, you know, 150 years ago, but they couldn't maximize it because the laws inhibited them? And I think that now. You know, there was no excuse for us to say, at least in the Western world, to become who God created us to be. So even though they were wounded women, and even though that it was an imperfect movement, that they were able to yield a gift, which is to give us our God-given freedom. And I don't think we should discredit them or perhaps almost mock them. I think that we should honor uh, and give credit where credit is due. Number two, I also think it's important to point out that the feminist movement, those that have fought for our freedom right now, were also so wounded. If you look at the history, I'm reading Dr. Kara Grice's book on the death of women. If you look at actually the history of, you know, Margaret Sanger and, uh, you know, the, the I would say the early feminist movement who gave us the right to vote. If you look at their friendship, their relationship with their father, their mother, their family life, their wealth, and the different parts of their wholeness arena, which is what we speak about in the women's school, you can see that how broken they are. And I think it shows also that in our brokenness, there's so much mercy and there's so much grace that even in our brokenness, we can bring forth something so good. And I just think that's important to point out because I don't believe in discrediting them. I don't believe also in in um, shaming them and, and perhaps just robbing them of also their value as women because we don't know the whole story. We don't know what they've had to endure. We don't know the pain that they have endured as women that allowed them to actually fight for women's right. Now, we also have to see things for 
what it is, meaning that they were flawed human beings. You know, when I look at, you know, what Margaret Sanger, what her goal was, was really she wanted to eradicate, you know, the African-American babies. And so I think what should be our perception here as mature women who can see both the good and the bad and also harvest the good from all that and what we should see is what can we learn from the women who have fought for our freedom in the marketplace what can we harvest from them so that we can carry on and and, and grow as a society to move forward into a deeper layer of freedom that i think what we are moving towards i believe that the new feminist movement that's coming from these ashes where we are now seeing the backlash of women trying to be men or women eradicating men now men are pushing back now women are unhappy with who they are data tells us that women are not happier than they you know were when they didn't you, you know perhaps have the same level of freedom in the marketplace i i see that it's it hasn't changed and so this new movement towards I would say the new feminism, I think, is towards interior freedom, because having freedom does not mean that we are free. And what we need to understand is that in the Western world, women are free. They can do whatever they want for the most part. Right. Even though, you know, women will say equal pay or perhaps we don't have, you know, rights in the same places. There's not equal CEOs. I mean, there's an argument for that, but that's not really the point. The point is that we ought to be fulfilled women because that is ultimately our universal desire as women is that to be fully alive, to feel as though our lives feel alive. And I think that having freedom has not equaled fulfillment. And so therefore the question is, what makes a woman fulfilled, meaning fully alive? And I think that's the next wave of feminism that I believe is brewing because what we are seeing now are women that have hardened hearts, women that are no longer see the value of their worth, women who no longer want to see, who no longer want to see marriage as a commitment or have negated their own desire for motherhood for fear of whatever has been, you know, propaganda or false advertisement that, that they've come to understand about motherhood. And what we are seeing our women are unfulfilled. <laughs> they're not happier because having less children or they're not married. I think they're unhappier. So how do we then move forward as a society in the Western world to give women this idea of interior freedom? Well, first, I don't, I don't think that um, we can be fully free until we understand who we are uniquely as a woman. Because we can never be free trying to be a man. We can never be fully free trying to be somebody that we were not created to be. So I think the first thing we need to, I would say, um, you know, kind of cut off or, or perhaps bring clarity towards is that what if feminism was about becoming fully who we are and not trying to become a man? I, I because I, I think the feminist movement has now been equated to men bashing and ridiculing men and men are pushing back. I am seeing an uprising of men right now because of all this backlash. And I think the trend now that we are seeing is that men are actually growing more conservative and women are becoming more sort of liberal socially. And I think because men are tired of actually feeling as though they are weak or being devalued. And, and this is a reason why Andrew Tate has, you know, is the number one most Googled 
men in the internet, not necessarily because it's teaching all these great things. I I think that Andrew Tate in some degree are not, is not actually living the fullness of masculinity, masculinity, although I cannot judge the heart of man. And I think that we have to give credit where credit is due. And he is empowering men to be stronger than they were, to not be weakened by what society tells you. So I do think that we need to honor that part of him. He's imperfect, just like we all are. But what the point I'm saying is that men want to be men. Men no longer want to be susceptible to this weak idea of manhood where they can no, they can't stand up for themselves, where they allow men to bash them, or they're so incapable of actually levels and layers of discipline because they've been so weakened or have become a victim to this emasculation. So there is a rise of men wanting to be men. As a byproduct of that, I also think that there is a rise of women wanting to be women. I think that we're sort of in some degree just kind of awakening to the reality that now we are being erased. I mean, you can't go, you know, open the internet without seeing all the transgender movement, all, you know, women in sports or perhaps women in men, men's bathroom and vice versa. I mean, the confusion right now uh, that we are allowing for our children where there's no sacredness of what it means to be a woman is a real tragedy because the fact is that you can't erase women. <laughs> Why? Because it's God given. It's it, you know, by erasing women, I think you embolden the hearts of women to defend their value. What I don't understand are some of the women that are, you know, fighting for our right to be one are also the ones that are actually suppressing us. And I think, I think a lot of them are actually don't believe it deep down inside. I think they're just sort of, sort of allowing this cultural narrative for fear of being canceled because of the suppression that comes with speaking up against it. I think that women... I think are not okay with the men in you know the arena of sports. I think women want their privacy. I think women don't want to be erased. I don't think women as a silent majority wants to have a man as a winner of a pageant or you know women of the year that's biological male. The idea that there's you know there's all these different genders that there's no longer the sacredness of both male and female has completely turned in itself because what we are seeing is it has become so irrational it has become so uh, I would just say it's madness <laughs> so there's words you know where you're looking at it and you're like what we can identify as a cat you can identify as a horse and the men can be women and women can be lesbians I and mean, it was just so confusing that it's even hard to articulate and explain that we are seeing this madness turn in itself and i think that women are waking up to the fact that you know i don't i might not have language for it but i'm not okay with it i'm not okay with being erased i'm not okay with my children being in the same bathroom as a man. I'm not okay with my children not being able to compete fairly. And I think what we are moving towards is almost a reawakening of the rever reverence of our sexuality, our God-given sexuality. Whether you have faith in God or not, the reality is that we are biologically born a man and a woman. And you can argue, right, the intersex, but I think you, you know, it, it really is a hard argument. And if you see the arguments out there, it's it, you can't argue. You know, you can't argue with the fact that truth it trumps our feelings, and I and that you can't just castrate a child just because they feel like a man one day. I was tomboy growing up, and I refused to wear a dress for years. I remember crying in tears because I just did not want to wear a dress. Thank God that I was not born in this time in history. 
where I would probably be castrated, but worse, they would have put my parents in jail if my parents decided that I or resisted maybe my feelings of feeling like, uh, you know, a woman. I mean, it's insanity, you know, because my, I had a, a, a son who's beautiful and amazing, who thought he was a monkey for three months and who walked with his legs. So what I'm seeing right now is an awakening in the hearts of women and saying, you know what, I don't think I'm okay with this. I just don't know what I'm going to do about it. Part of it is that we have been so stripped of our own voices because of fear, fear of what people think. And I think there's a shock element of this, a shock in the fact that how did we really get here so fast that no, that we have a Supreme Court judge that cannot define what a woman is? I mean, that's scary <laughs> that we have somebody at the highest <laughs> office that is unwilling to take a stand against this propaganda that we cannot say that we are either born a man and a woman. Our culture has become so upside down that I think truth will be so attractive to so many. To so, many. so what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you, it's a, I think this is a time of reawakening of the sacredness of what it means to be a woman. I think this is time to reawaken our ability to revere men and the fullness of who God created them to be. I think this is a time to bring back family values and friendship and honor intimacy with both a man and a woman. When you have, you know, Gen Z, one out of four no longer believes in marriage, the foundation of the infrastructure of society, which is family. And now we no longer see the sacredness also of married life. So I think there is a call for such a time as this, a call of renewal in our own hearts as women to say, you know what? What is my responsibility for such a time as this, where there is no longer truth as the bedrock of our society? How can I make my marriage more beautiful? How can I make being a woman being beautiful? How can I revere our, our you know, our men and, and honor them? How can I have friendships that truly are meaningful and not steep in comparison and competition? How can I make my family also so attractive so that people don't see family life as something to be feared, rather something to be revered, the basic infrastructure of culture. We have to make family life beautiful. And I know that does not sound easy, right? I think that the discipline that is required for a woman to take care of both her household, but also contribute outside of her home if we are called to, requires deep interior life. It requires discipline after discipline after discipline. It requires deep responsibility. It requires accountability. It requires a lot of constant humility for us to know that we have got to actually rise up and mature who we ought to become in our mindset and our skill set. But I do think the alternative is worse. I do think that if we do not train ourselves to bring reverence back to what it means to be a mother, to be, you know, to be human, to bring family, to bring life, where we can now tolerate this idea of birthing parent and no longer the sacredness of motherhood. I mean, we don't have a choice because if we don't fight back and if we don't speak up, then we are part of the problem. Evil grows when good men and women are asleep in the wheel. That's sort of a, a, a quote from, I think, Cardinal Burke. And, you know, evil grows when good men um, stay silent. And But what I'm saying to you is that I think the problem with our culture is that our hearts have been so lukewarm. And when I say lukewarm, I mean that we 
have become comfortable just trying to do our deed of raising our family. And in some ways that is noble, right? The idea that we are here to raise our children, make sure we protect our children and do the best that we can as mothers and as fathers, I think is a noble thing. But I do think that we are at a time of war. There's spiritual warfare happening in our culture. And I think that when there's a war that's happening around you, we need everyone on deck and we can't just sort of sit back and, and, and say, you know what, I just want to take care of my family because eventually when we're just all taking care of our family, yes, it's noble, but eventually the war is in our doorstep because evil grows when we stay silent, when we do nothing outside of our homes. And I'm not suggesting that we go out there and, you know, armor up. Yes, I am saying armor up spiritually, but what I am saying is that we have to reflect and who we are becoming as women. We have to reflect in our call for such a time as this to uphold the dignity of women, to uphold the dignity of men, to protect our children from this constant propaganda and pornography and impurity or the transgender movement who's robbing our children of the innocence of their childhood and the sacredness of their God-given sexuality. I think if we don't voice out, then who? If not us, then who? If not when, then if not now, then when? I think this is our time. I think we are all called for such a unique time in history where we have to defend the value of what it means to be a woman. And I think it's a privileged time to be a woman because what we have right now is data that tells us that the, you know, the, the radical feminist movement is not sustainable. It's actually destructive to humanity. And what is actually uh, an invitation is how can we live a moral life that honors the value of every human person? How can we make that attractive again? How can we make our lives as women so beautiful that it makes um, their life become a role model to women who might not know their value? How can we make our family life so inviting and not chaotic that we've, you know, sort of signed up with this idea that, you know, um, beautiful moms, dirty kitchen, the hot mess mama movement. What if mothers were so disciplined and so trained that we no longer talked about this idea of mommy brain and, and that we can hold space for both an orderly kitchen, a beautiful and peaceful home, but also deep respect for ourselves and taking care of ourselves. It also means that we have a voice in the marketplace. It also means that, you know, we don't just sort of let go and lose ourselves. What if motherhood was a place where we gain more of who we are, that we expand our dreams, we expand our desires, we expand our ability to be more responsible and disciplined because now we're responsible for another human being. So the invitation here that I'm asking you is that I think there's a new movement of women happening. You know, this new woman that's fighting for the interior freedom of women, that we are bringing reverence back to the sacredness of what it means to be a woman to the original design that God intended humanity to be, which is to flourish, to, to, to bask in what is true, good, and beautiful. And the invitation I'm asking you is that what is your role in this battle? How are you forming yourself, chiseling? Like I say, you know, we we are armoring up for the battle. You're training up. You go to, you know, boot camp and you're training yourself for such a time as this. So you will have the strength to speak up. So you will have the ability to actually sustainably give outside your home because you're not, you know, steeped in this overwhelm or comparison or competition that your life is indeed in order as a woman. Now is the time to train harder more than ever. Now is the time to armor up as a woman, to link arms together. And the way we do that is that we value who we are. 
and we know who we are. And it's not this idea of, you know, who's you are, your gods. No, it's about training. It's about the renewal of our mind. It's about dying to our old self to give birth to our new disciplined self. It's about dying to the cross, dying on the cross every single day so that we can resurrect into a new version of ourselves, that new woman that is capable of fighting the spiritual warfare that is with that is around us, but also within us. I think it is a privileged time to be a woman for such a time where we can and we are called to armor up together, but armor up ourselves and being entrusted with a call to now bring forth a new level and a new layer of freedom, which is interior freedom, which I truly believe is what God longs for every human heart. If this resonates with you, join our movement in the woman's school where we teach women how to be a woman, give you the practical tools that you need for such a time as this to bring reverence back on what it means to be a woman and share this video. And if you want to join our free course called How to Be a Woman, go to howtobeawomanfreecourse.com. It is free. It's a one month long course. You get a coach, you get assigned a group and you get assigned a course that you get to work through. It's a foundation that I truly believe we all need for such a time as this to understand our values, women. So join us. It's free for everyone. Please invite because I think now is the time for us to bring reverence back what it means to be a woman. You and I were created for such a time as this, and I think it's time to armor up. There is no school that teaches us how to be a woman, how to manage our mind, our emotions, our bodies, our homes, our relationships, our careers and friendship, and all the practical skills that we need to honor every part of our life and become the woman we deeply desire to be. Women have a universal desire to live a life of meaning and contribution. And yet, we are being blamed and shamed for the choices no one taught us how to make. Think about it. Doctors, teachers, nurses, and every other profession get access to training. And yet, women are expected to know how to be a woman just because they're born a woman. But worst, we are valued based on our performance, perfection, position, popularity, and power we call the poisonous bee, which is why so many women quietly doubt if they're good enough. The truth is that our worth is unconditional and our value is not for sale. We are all unique and unrepeatable and what we offer the world is irreplaceable. The Woman's School is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. It is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. My name is January Donovan, founder of The Woman's School, which is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. I'm a mom of eight and a business owner, and I truly believe that it is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. I created a foundational training on how to be a woman so that you can understand your value and your purpose for such a time in history where we are being erased. So buckle up and prepare yourself for the rise of the new woman.